hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. And here we go. Line ball to start this game. Jeremy Loblotsky and John Morassi teeing off on one another. The Toporowski is just pounding away at Robinson. These, we said Toporowski, this is the guy who set a Western Hockey League record for 505 penalty minutes. Well, it's called like it is. Toporowski's a boon. Getting closer. He reaches in a right right back. He's not that Griffin. He's just fought. Stu Griffin. Oh, my goodness. Scott Parker for the KO of Stu Griffin. He- this is one of the best hockey fights we have seen in a long time. Bush tells the linesman, get the heck out of my kitchen. All right, Dexter. He absolutely decked Jim Crate with a wild right. Bashir staggered by a big left hand. On a penalty shot. Score! Blue guard down the wing. Blue guard pulls away. Score! Number 47 for Boston. Both guys, five minutes each for fighting! This should be good. This should be very good. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to episode number 84 of the Five for Fighting podcast. My name is Alec, your host, and this is the show where we focus on the players who drop the gloves and the fans who enjoyed watching them do it. Today, we will be going over the top, excuse me, top 10, as I should say, top 10 greatest hockey fights of all time. I was initially going to do five, and then the more answers I got from folks, I was like, man, maybe I'll just end up doing 10. So that's I kind of delayed the episode a bit. I got caught up at work yesterday, and then as the more as I got more answers, I was like, you know what, I'll do a top ten. So ended up um, ended up getting a top ten list together, and you know, compiling of what I I won't say what I think. It's more so a general consensus of fight fans. As I asked in a couple fight groups, I asked on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, obviously, more of the response is coming from the fight groups. So. That is kind of what this list is. This is going to be in no particular order, although I think I'll save number one for last. Obviously, I'll save number one for last. But um, as I'm like, as I go through here, there's no particular order except for the very last one. And I think it's I'm just going to put it at number one because it was kind of the overwhelming majority of uh, the answers to what I what I saw folks say. Um, I threw a sleeper pick in here for one as well. And again, this isn't the definitive end all be all top 10 i'm not saying like these are you can't take any other fight and replace it with these obviously this is all subjective it's interchangeable this is kind of more so a general consensus of answers i got throughout fight groups and on social media so that's kind of what we're going off of here um but before we get into the episode of course got to give the quick shout outs out the way here Uh, of course darren over at the fourth line voice who just had on Tony out in Vancouver, and I know Tony listens to both of our shows. Um, again, wish it was under better circumstances, as Darren mentioned in the uh, in the episode, but it was the uh, Gino Ojic tribute episode. And, of course, uh, for those who follow kind of like the Enforcer community a bit, um, well, unfortunately, we lost three uh, just this past weekend, which was um, very, very unfortunate. You know, we lost Ryan Pesiak, um, Gino Ojic, and Todd Gillingham, so... Uh, it sucks, and you know, I, I saw Mike Segroy starting a support group for uh, former hockey enforcer, which I think is great. Um, they don't get enough support as they should, I think. You know, it's just uh, as much as I like to think we do a lot of good here. It's only just me, Darren, Joe, and another podcast, uh, Jordan, out there, really covering the, the the fighters and the tough guys and kind of appreciating them. So, 
uh, you know, there's a million other hockey podcasts out there. Then there's, there's four of us covering it. Right. So um, I think it's great what Mike is doing. I know a lot of other former players chimed in. So as Darren said on his podcast, I encourage you to go check out Mike Segroy's uh, Facebook page is where uh, everything's kind of going down at and you can kind of see what's going on there. But um, he had Tony on out in Vancouver for a Gino Ojic tribute. I'm about halfway through it. And so far, it's a fantastic episode. I mean, Tony definitely knows his stuff out there. He's a huge Vancouver fan. Um, and, of course, that's right in his wheelhouse. And Gino's one of his favorites. Um, so I couldn't think of a better guy to have on uh, the show for a Gino Ojic tribute. So, um, like I said, go check out Darren. And, and he's done a tremendous job throughout the uh, the few years here we've been doing this stuff. And he's had on plenty of guests like John Morasti, Steve McIntyre, Clark Wilm, Joey Tedarenko. A uh, bunch of different guys, and I encourage you to go check out Darren's podcast over at the Fourth Line Voice. Uh, of course, the other one is Joe Lazito over at Nordique's Knuckles Podcast, and he just—I'm catched up on his. I think I'm on part one of Ken McRae. I'd finished up the Trevor Steenberg episode or the the, the saga there, but um, he's done a fantastic job so far, and I think he just had another guest on. So I'm, I'm in catch up mode with Joe's podcast as well. Uh, when I was sick and uh, out for the holidays, uh, which I, I apologize ahead as as well. You can kind of hear it a little bit. I might be a little bit sniffly still, so still getting over this. Whatever it is, I'm like 90% better in the past like week and a half. I just have not been able to kick this last little bit of whatever sinus issues I have going on. So you got Darren with his coal miner cough, and then you got me, Sniffles McGee, over here. Right. Um, but no, so Joe does a tremendous job, as you could tell by the name of the Nordiques Knuckles podcast. He covers exclusively uh, Islanders and Foresters, and uh, he was formerly of the um, Coliseum Chronicles, the Penalty Box podcast, where he covered Islanders and Foresters. And Joe does a tremendous job, so I encourage you to go check out his episodes, whether it's from the Coliseum Chronicles or the Nordiques Knuckles podcast. Great job all around. Um, and the other one, New Kid on the Block, uh, Jordan out there with the five in a game podcast. And right now he's really covering, he's hitting hard the QMJHL, the old Q um, and guys who kind of went through that league. He just had on Eric lies on. I think he just had on another player too. I'd have to double check um, uh, that episode. And I know with talking with them privately, he's got a bunch of guests lined up in the pipeline. So um, of course I will leave that up to him to announce. Uh, and of course he just joined the hockey podcast network. So congratulations over to Jordan at five in a game. Keep doing what you're doing, man. I'm loving it so far. Um, you're next in line. I, I, like I said, I'm playing catch up with all these podcasts. So, um, I got, I, I think I'm on, I think I'm on episode three or four for five in a game. I'm almost to the lies on episode. So I'm just going through and Jordan's beside, aside from his interview, they're pretty quick. Uh, they're like, you know, 15, 20 minute little quibs on guys, uh, that came through the Quebec league and Jordan's doing a great job so far. So, uh, go, definitely go check his show out, but. Um, before we get into the top 10 fights, uh, I just want to cover, I, I, I got to gotta speak my mind here for a second, and this will be the last time I really bring up the ECHL in terms of my my feud with them, my spat, and them uploading footage. Um, so recently, I actually had the ECHL take, and I had posted many, many videos on Twitter beforehand, uh, never had any issue, and of course, uh, everything happened with the YouTube channel, and they took it down, whatever. Um, but recently, I posted a it was an Anthony Collins fight from the beginning of the or beginning of the season, and ended up getting the copyright strike on fucking Twitter of all places. And I'm not gonna say any names or anything like that. Um, 
but I do know of plenty other accounts out there that post ECHL streaming footage from Flow Sports that are perfectly fine. But if I, I, I don't think I'm in their good graces. I've kind of motherfucked them when I've been an asshole. But, um, you know, you got to speak your mind every once in a while. And the biggest thing to me was, um, well, what's funny too, actually, before getting into the other stuff, but um, so I posted, uh, apparently, I can post the the footage I got. I had mentioned briefly uh, a couple episodes back that I have footage from a team. Uh, one of the video coordinator, one of the video guys from I don't know if it was a video coordinator, director. I don't even know. One of the video guys from a team had reached out to me when I had asked for footage, and it was um, it was footage directly from the team cameras, but it technically wasn't broadcast footage. Um, and I was very hesitant to post it. And then after the copyright on Twitter, I basically made a post and I was kind of smug about it. And I tweeted at the NA or the NHL, the ECHL and the guy who is in charge of is the point of contact for who is like, 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 um, what's, what's what I'm looking for. The point of contact for, if your channel gets copyrighted, you contact him. Um, and basically I tweeted at them and said, if this is going to be an issue, let me know and I'll just take it down. You don't have to copyright it, you know? Um, and, I mean, I know he saw it. There's no way they didn't see it. Because uh, clearly I didn't even tweet at him before with the Anthony Collins video and it got taken down. So, obviously, he knows this has to be up. So, it seems like apparently the team footage is good. I really think it comes down to Flow Sports. And, again, why they're like this, I don't know. And why the ECHL would ever agree to that, I have no clue. Um, so at the end of the year, I'm going to end up trying to, uh, get footage from teams if possible. Like I said, it's all got to go old school here. Reach out directly to the source. Um, so we'll see how it goes, but it was an, it was an Atlanta gladiators. Uh, it was a Josh thrower versus Jake Keerley, the Everblades. It was a pretty good fight. Um, but I posted that as just curiosity and it, it was able to stay. So I really think it more, it more so comes down to a flow sports issue and, this is what leads me into my next point with this. So the ECHL All-Star Game was broadcasted on the NHL Network and it was available for streaming on Flow Sports. Um, there was no audio for two hours on the Flow Sports fucking broadcast. Now, on the NHL Network, I've heard both. I've heard two different sides from folks. I've heard some folks say it worked fine and it was, you know, running like a dream, you know, no issues. And then I had other ones say audio was going in and out, like constant commercials because of audio issues. Um, and I know for a fact on Flow Sports, because I was trying to check it out. You know, I never really watched the any or the um, the All-Star Games, but I was like, yeah, well, why not? I'll check it out. So went to go check it out and no audio for like two hours. And... I basically, that was kind of the last straw for me tweeting at them. Actually, I don't even think I tagged them in it, but it was basically what it came down to is like, this is the problem, the ECHL and the streaming service right now. You're trying to broadcast. This is your best of the best players and you're what you want people to be attracted to the all-star game. Well, you can't even get fucking audio up on the damn stream with Flow Sports. And yet, but, uh, you know, that that's fine and dandy, but apparently posting a thirty second fight clip with Flow Sports on it is uh, is a no go. So, what the deal is, I'm not sure. Um, it is what it is at this point, but it's just it's just ridiculous to me that they can't even get audio issues sorted out for their All Star, their marquee game to showcase the stars of the league, and 
it um <laughs> it makes no sense that they go out and copyright 30 second fucking fight clips so it is what it is that's the last piece I'll, I'll say on the echl as i said in that post though i'll still of course continue to support the boys um and all, all the players that i've had on the podcast and um, I've said if they want me to compile like some of their footage or whatever at the end of the season, I can definitely do that for them and send it their way. Like uh, last year, I did like you know the the Blatchman, the How, and uh, Collins. I did like music videos or whatever for them. Uh, not music videos, but you know, post post the fight and have have music going on in the background for it. So I'll definitely still do that if a, if a player wants it. I know Nico's probably gonna want his stuff, and I think Collins really enjoyed it. So. Um, I could do that at the end of the year for them and send it to them privately or whatever. And, uh, you know, they could be theirs to keep. So, um, that'll be kind of where it goes. And like I said, we'll see, I'll still continue to get fan footage. It really seems like the South is where it's at anyway. And that's where I have most of my contacts for, for footage. So we'll keep on posting, but flow sports is an absolute fucking joke and they need to figure it the hell out. Um, I've tried to reach out to them too. And it's just, it's like, I'd have a better fucking chance of reaching Joe Biden at this point. So I don't know what the deal is at Flow Sports, but figure it the fuck out. Um, but anyways, that was kind of my spiel, my little rant, I guess. So we will get right into this list here. Um, probably not going to be too, too long. It's getting a little late here, and i got to be up early. I'm starting to go back into the gym now, finally. And getting up at 5 o'clock is not fun. So I'm trying to get back into the swing of things. Um, although I'm not I'm not up much later, but those extra like little two hours of sleep, you know, killer. So again, with this list, there is no – it's also – well, up front – Sorry if you're crashing in the background. Gates the puppy. I got the wife actually tended to him, though, so at least he's not going to come bother us in here. But up front, it's an NHL slash minor league list. Um, and again, this isn't the end-all, be-all list. There's fights I probably would have put over some in here, and I'm sure people are going to say the same thing. But this, again, was just the overall kind of consensus from multiple different um, outlets, such as Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Facebook, like fight groups. So um, we get a quick swig of uh, water here, and we will get her going. So, and again, like I said, with number one, I think, well, it's, I guess we could say that's number one, but I'll explain why once we get to it. Um, so starting off at number 10, actually, is from the, the Quebec League, the infamous Quebec League. This was before it was the LNH. It was back when it was the QSPHL, and it was Link Gates versus Pat Cote. And it's kind of funny, when I was going through this list and making it, it was kind of easy to pick the first nine, and then it was 10 that I was really having an issue with. And I, I went back and forth and um, as I, cause I, I, I sent it out to, I think Jay and Darren, Jay said it was solid. Darren said it was solid, but I was like, eh, I don't know about number 10. And we kind of went back and forth. I, I, cause my goal was, I didn't want to put guys on the list twice. Um, I think it only happens one time. Um, and of course we'll know why at the end, but I didn't want to put guys on twice. And um, so it was it was kind of a toss up, and again you can always interchange this. But if you go back and look, and this is round two I'm talking here. Although their first one was really good too. If you look up Link Gates versus Pat Cote uh, in the QSPHL, yeah, it is you can't go wrong with either one. I think I put the second one on here though because if you go back and watch that fight, I mean Cote's hitting Gates as hard as he fucking can, and he's not going down. And I think that was the fight. So Darren had a had a a friend out in the Quebec league that coached uh, Laval at the time. And that's what Cote was on. Cote was on Laval and Gates was on, I think Sorrell. Um, but Cote basically told the coach after one of the fights with Gates that like, 
this is the hardest I've ever hit a human being in my life. And Gates just fucking grunted at me. And like, that is just insane. And you, you can see it in this fight. I mean, he absolutely torques Gates and Gates just stands, stands fast, doesn't even fucking budge. And they and I mean, it's just toe to toe. There's no defense. It's not this fast machine gun, like, you know, rabbit punches either that people like to see. This is like straight up. <laughs> bombs coming from like three postal codes away and uh finally they end up getting closer towards the boards and gates actually ends up landing the tko punch uh, i don't think kote was knocked out or anything like that but he probably definitely stunned him and he went down on the ice after that but that is what i had i had to throw a little bit of lnh love in there um i think there's one more fight from the lnh on this list but uh, gotta show some appreciation because I mean, there's been some. I, I, there's been so many great fights in the LNH, as we know, it was the uh, toughest league in the world back in the day, as it was infamous for. So that's what I have there at number ten is Link Gates versus Pat Cote, round two. Moving in at number nine, we have Delorme and McCown or McCune, however you prefer to see it. Per, excuse me, prefer to say it. Um, and I actually posted that not too long ago, but I mean, this is the epitome of a toe-to-toe war too. And it's funny because they're kind of sitting there for a while and then they they just start fucking hammering each other and it's just straight jackhammers connecting left and right and I mean just nonstop and Delorme actually delivers the 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 kind of big punch at the end there on McCown and I mean I, I think this fight has made its rounds more than enough times throughout uh, you know, fight groups and stuff like that. So I'm sure I don't gotta sell you on this fight. Um that was what was different about the Cote and um Gates fight is I don't think as many people have seen it as legendary as that fight is um but I don't think many people have seen it but I know a lot of people have for sure seen this um and this was you know pre-Ogic as I know Tony was just talking about in the fourth line voice that kind of Delorme was the guy for Vancouver um before Ogic came in so I mean it is just insane fight how how they were both stand like nobody ever really went down uh even the final punch Delorme landed uh McCown stays up so how none of them went down or neither of them went down, I have no clue. But uh, that's definitely got to be up there. I know it's a lot of people still enjoy that fight and it's talked about to this day. So that's another great one. Um, this one, and I know Chris, uh, old Y2J out there loves this fight. And I mean, how can he not? Uh, the next one here at number eight is Kyle Friedrich versus Ryan Vandenbush. And this is when Friedrich was with uh, Tampa and Vandy was out in Chicago. Happens right by the bench. Another legendary, I mean, toe-to-toe fight. But what makes this fight even crazier is, so if you actually go back and watch this video, you'll see, I mean, it's a super young, it might be rookie Vinny LeCavalier, or like, like, it's got to be within his first three years in the league. I can't remember the exact date on it. Um, But if you go back and you watch that fight, so LeCavalier is sitting on the bench or whatever, and the fight's just going on, and it's just a fucking war. Again, like, Ryan Vandenbush legendary guy for no defense just giving it hell and i mean friedrich has given him all he's got to but you actually see i forget whose tooth it was but there is a tooth that flies off from the two guys fighting and like over the shoulder of le Cavalier. and if you go at that fight you'll see le Cavalier kind of look back and it's like holy shit and you can see all like just all the faces on the bench are just like holy fuck they are in one here um I'll have to go back and see kind of what happened, but uh, I know Chris had said that basically both got like that fight hospitalized both of them, and uh, it, it, it just well, I think one of them I think it was Vandenbush's nose is broken, but both guys went to the same hospital that night, 
and uh, one of them ended up having a broken nose. I mean, just <laughs> absolute fucking war. So that's a great one. Um, I absolutely love that fight. Uh, and I would, that was a guy I wish played with Tampa more because Tampa, until Andre Waugh, never really had that solidified toughness. And, um, you know, Friedrich was only there for a little bit, but they had Ciccone for like two, three years. I think McCarthy was only there for a year. Um, Poshek they had, although the only thing with Poshek is you can cut him in a pillow fight, but... Um, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, so Vandenbush versus Friedrich got to be up there. Um, the next one, I, I got to go back and see my tweet on this because uh, I counted the punches in this next fight. So at number seven, another legendary fight. This is another minor league one back in the old IHL days. But Mel Engelstad versus Darcy Hordachuk. Uh, I went with round one here. I know the second one was almost just as good as the first one. But the amount of punches thrown in this fight were it it was something ridiculous. Um, let me see if I could find it. I should have uh, tried to find that beforehand, but um, you know, we'll see. Oh, here we go. Perfect. Oh, there's that first one coming up. So in this fight, I mean, again, no defense, toe to toe, just straight jackhammers for both of them. In this fight, Mel Angelstad threw 42 punches, and Darcy Hordachuk threw 35. And the fight is, let me see here, it's less than 30 seconds long. So you got to think, both guys are throwing more than a punch a second at that point. And it's just a legendary fight. Um, I don't know if if I got to sell you on how tough Mel Engelstad was. Any fight fan, of course, knows how, how tough Mad Mel was. But Darcy Hordachuk as well. And that was um, that was a really good one. And... I, I'm trying to think. Do they have round three? I can't remember off the top of my head, but they had round two, and I don't think it was quite as good as the first one. But, I mean, with that punch count, it's just ridiculous. 42 punches by Angostad, 35 by Darcy Hordachuk. So, um, yeah, it was when – I'm sorry. I, th- I think I might have said it when Angostad was with the Solar Bears, but it was when Hordachuk was with the uh, Solar Bears. Um, I think Mel went there later. So, my apologies on that. But – that is what I picked for, I believe that was number seven. Yeah, I think so. So next one is Brian McGratton versus Josh Gratton. And this is in the AHL. And this is a really good one. Um, you know, they kind of square off off the face-off. And they kind of drift over to the uh, the other face-off circle. The face-off is on the left side, but they drift over to the right. And immediately, both of them just take off the elbow pads. And this is kind of reminiscent of the, the Gates and, and Cote fight in terms of there's not, it's not that fast-throwing machine gun fight like the Horta Chuck and Anglestad. Um, this is just straight-up bombs they're chucking from, like, downtown. Um, I think I give the edge to McGratton in that one. And it was when they were both young because, of course, like I said, this was the AHL. And Gratton was with the um, it was with the Phantoms at the time. And Big Earn was I, – I'm going to say Big Earn for this one because I'm saying McGratton and then Gratton back and forth. You're going to get confused. I'm going to fumble fuck my words as if I don't do that enough already. Um, but Big Earn, uh, he was with Binghamton at the time. So, you know, the still young guns trying to, trying to make their, make their name and McGratton with his long hair at the time, this was before the Mohawk or whatever. And both their hair just fucking going crazy during the damn fight. And like I said, they both take off the elbow pads and you know, it's good. And they take the helmets off or no, nope. They didn't take the helmets off for that one. Sorry. I was just trying to go through as I watch all these today to try to refresh my memory on this. Um, you know, McGratton throws fucking hammers. We've seen McGratton throw it before, and Josh Gratton was one of the toughest dudes, and 
probably AHL history. And, I mean, it's an absolute battle. Again, just bombs being thrown by both of them. So I had to put that one in there. And I encourage you to check that out. There's, I think Darren actually has that on uh, his, his fourth line voice to YouTube. So I encourage you to go check that out. Um, the next one is uh, PJ Stock versus um, Stephen Pete. So I don't think I need to sell you on this fight. This one was picked a lot of by a lot of people. Actually, that was the picture I posted when I very when I first made this post a while back. And a lot of people just said, "Hey, the, the fight that you just po- or the, the fight in the picture that you posted, you know." Because, uh, you know, I, I, you post a picture just to kind of grab some attention from folks, too. Uh, you know, everybody likes pictures. I'm the same way. If I see a fight picture, I like to walk, or like to see it. So um, a lot of people love that fight. And, of course, it, I, you know, what helps, too, with some of these fights, I think, is when there's some good announcers that are just, you know, really into the fighting. And that was another one because I think it was uh, Panger was on that one. You get the holy jumping going on. And then, uh, I mean, hell, that fight. Uh, the fight call is in the intro to this um, intro to the podcast. That's where, um, you know, I forget who it is at the time, but uh, you know, the folks, this is one of the best hockey fights we have seen in a long time. And that's exactly where that little audio clip is exactly where it comes from. Um, is that fight when they're in Boston? And I mean, it's just machine gun rights in that one. No defense, just give it at hell. And I mean, Stephen Pete was really tough. And of course, PJ stock was always that way. The, Kind of very reminiscent of Morasti, undersized, but always just went wide open. And that was a. I, I give PJ Stock bonus points because he's rock. Well, I give both of them bonus points because he's rocking the old. Uh, uh, what was it? The yellow, the yellow alternate from the Boston Bruins. And I know that's kind of been a cult cl- uh, classic now, but I know at the time people did not like that sweater, and I now uh, they just went to the reverse retro of that. But um, yeah, I was I always enjoy those sweaters, and I think Stephen Pete is in the white uh, Capitals Screaming Eagle jersey. I, those are still my favorite Capitals jersey, so I'll give bonus points to those two for for wearing those sweaters. But um, no, I'm sure everybody's seen that fight. Uh, I think it was fight of the. If you go to the video, it'll say like fight of the year, uh, circa. Oh, I think it was oh two oh three when that fight happened. I can't can't recall off the top of my head, and that was the really early two thousands, but. Um, I mean, yeah, like you said, just holy jumping is all you can really say for that one. So you definitely got to give love to PJ Stock and Stephen Pete. Uh, the next one, back to the LNH we go. And personally for me, this is up there as one of my favorite fights of all time. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I don't know how much people, I know people don't like this fight because it's the big staged fight or whatever. Um, at least some fight fans, uh, other folks actually just appreciate it. But of course, I can't remember what round it is. I should have looked that up, but it's uh, John Morasti versus Steve Bosse. And for me, it was really hard to pick just one Morasti fight because, of course, he had he had um, many good ones over the years, especially with like Yablonski and stuff like that. But this was his best showing he ever had versus Bosse by far. And I think um, I think if you actually go back and watch, you'll see. He hits Bosse, and I mean Bosse is hitting Morasti too, but he hits Bosse with like two, two or three really good punches, and I mean no no bullshit, Bosse is basically out on his feet. Like the amount of adrenaline that had to be going through Bosse to to keep him on his feet and keep him in that fight um, had to be like astronomical because uh, they come together and immediately it's just just giving it hell. And, you know, for people who say Morassi punches like, uh, you know, it's the rabbit punches or whatever, I use that term just as their as their quick punches. I don't mean it in their, in their terms of softness, but people use it as, oh, the punches are really, they're quick, but they're soft, blah, blah, blah. 
motherfucker, you go back and look at that fight. Tell me how soft those Barasti punches are. Bosse is a tough motherfucker. To get Bosse out on his feet like that, um, not many guys could do that. And it happens two or three times in that fight. Like, Bosse gets hit and his head kind of goes down. You can see his body almost wanted to, like, give. But, motherfucker, I don't know how he did it. He just stayed right there in the fight and kept it going. Um, I'll give Morasti the win in that one. I know Morasti didn't have uh, as good of luck against Bosse. Uh, excuse me, Bosse. And, like, they're, I think they went six rounds. And a couple times, Bosse KO'd uh, Morasti pretty good. But uh, that was definitely Morasti's best showing in that fight at the end. Uh, Morasti's bloodied and Bosse, it, it looks like a fucking murder scene on his jersey. Um, and I've seen pictures of the actual jersey uh, in the in the, the hobby of the uh, Enforcer Game Worn Collections. And I know who has that. I don't think he's ever going to give it up. I mean, I wouldn't either. But you look at that, and it's still covered with blood to this day. So, I mean, looks like a crime scene afterwards. So, if you haven't seen that, just look up Morasti versus Bosse. I don't think it shows around, but I know it's posted by... Uh, uh, my old good friend Keith Papineau up there in Quebec, and it was uh, the the YouTube channel was called Goon Fights, and I should say like just Morasti versus Bosse, like 1080p something like that. It's actually like for the time it was really good fucking quality footage. Like this, it's crystal clear um, for like circa 05 or whatever year it was. Um, so definitely go check that fight out. But yeah, got to throw in Morasti versus Bosse in there. So the next one. Uh, this one was picked a lot too, and I actually just posted this fight not too long ago, but of course, that is the legendary marathon between Bob Probert and Marty McSorley, and this is when McSorley was out there with Pittsburgh, uh, Probert still with Detroit, one second, let me take a sip of water here, but this was another great fight, uh, I think they had fought once or twice before this, this might have been round, usually the round two or three, um, but, I mean, this fight has already made its rounds, I don't have to sell you on this fight, but, Many, many people still refer to this as the greatest hockey fight of all time. And it's, of course, a marathon tilt. And Bob actually, he tags McSorley with one really good one. And McSorley was able to shake it off and get up. Um, but, I mean, there it's just exhaustion. And it's not it's not the crazy, like, it's, it's toe-to-toe, but it's not the really fast punches. Again, they're, like, throwing bombs at each other. And... Like I said, you could see on one time. The only thing that never happened with Dan McSorley, I swear to God, he had that uh, that that Jofa just glued on. It's like McSorley's helmet just never came off in fights. Um, but you see Bob hit him, and he kind of buckles McSorley a bit, and I like both their jerseys are coming off, and they're they're going behind the net, and finally it ends. But it was uh, it was one of the greatest fights of all time. If you haven't seen that, I don't know what you're doing, but. You can go look that one up on YouTube. I think somebody did a remaster of it, and it's, you know, HD for those time standards. So it's not going to be like, you know, 4K or anything, but it's very, very, very good quality footage. Um, and I know there's the the myth that people people like to think that Prober gave, like, McSorley a pat on the head afterwards. I really don't think so. Um and I think that adds to some of the lore of that fight. But to me, I really think Bob was just trying to get his hand away from, like, I guess I think it was kind of caught in McSorley's uh, helmet-ish area with the Jofa. And he was just pulling his head or hand away. Um, and the reason being, look at those two. Those two were never one to say, you know, especially fucking McSorley, to say good fight, buddy, and, you know, give a quick hug or whatever afterwards. There was none of that bullshit with Probert McSorley, so... Um, why they would just do it for that one fight, I don't know. I don't think that that was actually what it was. I think it was really just Prober getting his hand out. But 
Uh, that's just my take on it. You can say what you will about it, I guess. But legendary fight. You don't. I don't need to sell you on that anymore. So we'll move on to the number two pick and another legendary fight. You already know, and I was fortunate enough to interview one of the guys from this fight at one point uh, way back in the show's twilight years. And this is Ken Tasker versus Trevor Sen. And this is another one where I really think the uh, uh, another thing that really hypes up this fight is the announcer because this was, I believe, Toledo's uh, Toledo's announcer at the time. Um, but I mean, it's perfect. You know, it's, they drop the helmets off and they drift out to center rice, and then you just see him going in there. To, I mean, it's toe to toe, lightning fast punches, but they're like both guys are just fucking connecting. It's like the Delorme fight. It's just. It didn't look like either guy was missing. They were just connecting on every single punch. And finally, Tasker starts taking the better of him a bit there at center ice. And I think he ends up getting, the, for lack of a better term, the TKO. I think Sen was fine, though. It wasn't like, you know, he uh, wasn't knocked out or anything. But ended up knocking him down uh, finally. But that's another one. I got to get a punch counter going for that one. I got to see how many how many punches they threw in that fight because that's another good one. Um, like the uh, Anglesad and Hordachuk fight. But... Um, in that fight, you can go back and listen to the interview. I encourage you to go check out the interview I did with Ken Tasker a while back. Um, and, I mean, he's talking about it. And when he describes when he was punching Sen, he's like, I, I don't know what the f-. like." He's like, I didn't know what to do. He's, I'm hitting him, and it's like hitting a fucking post. He's not moving. And he's like, I did And it's basically like survival mode at that point. After you hit Sen with like four or five good ones, and he's still up. Tasker couldn't believe when he's basically like I went survival mode and just said don't stop fucking throwing so I mean it's Tasker was another wide open fighter he had a great fight with like Brody Coffin and stuff like that so you can always I, I don't I wish there was more Tasker fights out there um but yeah it was just total survival mode and like I said to hit a guy like that and he's just not budging it's I mean fuck man Trevor Sen was a tough bastard and that was actually the very first I that that fight is special to me because that's the very first hockey fight I ever watched on YouTube um, when I was really, really young. Whoever uploaded it, thank you, because uh, it was um, actually it was a, it wasn't specifically that fight. It was like I looked up hockey fights and somebody made a compilation. It was still on YouTube and it, like a couple years ago, it got taken down. I think the like person's channel just doesn't exist, but it was. um I don't know how you know what kind of music folks listen out there, but it was by a band called Under Oath, who was kind of like a metalcore band from Tampa at the time, and that was the background music to it. And I mean, that was like right in my prime for like the kind of music I like, and it was that. And the very first clip is Tasker and Sen drifting out to center ice, and then as soon as like you know the, the music starts hitting, that's when they fucking start connecting and throwing punches. So that was the very first YouTube video I ever watched. I'm not even joking. Um, Sat there and searched. When I found out about what YouTube was from a buddy, sat there and searched hockey fights. Why I don't, I still have no clue to this day. I wasn't, it was, I was like, oh man, I had to have been seven, eight years old. Um, but that was what the first video I ever saw on YouTube was. So that fight is always special to me. Uh, you know, you can't, under oath and hockey fights, motherfuck, that's quite the combo. Um, and now every time I hear that song, I forget the name of it off the top of my head. Um, but that's all I could think of is is that that fight between Tasker and Sen every time. And I mean, there was a whole bunch of other fights they showed during that uh, that compilation. That, that compilation was actually really fucking good. It was way ahead of its time um, to some of the video editing and stuff you have now in the early days of YouTube. Some of the compilations were fucking rough. So um, 
<laughs> yeah, that that fight is always special to me, though. Uh, but number one, I'm sure you guys saw it coming. Bob Probert versus Ty Domi, round two. And I, you know, th- this was the only exception I made for having a guy on twice because the overwhelming response was a lot of people said Probert McSorley, and a lot of folks said Probert versus Domi, round two. And with uh, Probert and Domi round two, I don't think, and this is before my time, so this is all recollection off of what other fight fans have said, um, and I've talked to quite a few people about it, just because I'm, I'm cur- it's a curious topic. I, lo- I love learning about the older fights and some of the stuff and the buildup around it, because, of course, I was never there for it. You know, we don't get that stuff today, right? Um, I mean, maybe a little bit, but maybe in, like, the ECHL with a couple tough guys like Duber and Howe, but um, nothing to this magnitude. And this was kind of the first time, from my understanding, that like pretty much the whole league was on notice about this fight because um, the optics were there that Domi had won against Probert in their first round. But to this day, I still, I still don't think Domi won that fight. I think it was more so an optic thing with the blood, but I still don't think he really lost that fight to uh, Domi. I think uh, he just happened to cut him, and people equate cuts with winning a fight, but that's not the case at all. Um, so... That fight was, you know, basically on notice around the entire league, and fans knew about it, and were, you know, kind of checking on the Rangers and uh, Detroit game if they could, because of course this is back circa, you know, early '90s, late '80s, I think. Um, I can't remember. I think it might have been was it '92, maybe. Um, sorry if my dates are messed up. Don't motherfuck me. I get. It. I'm just trying to do all this off the top of my head. I should have probably put down dates for the fights, but I didn't think I'd need to go in that in debt. But um, excuse me, that in depth, but the, the, the general hype around it was almost like a pay-per-view event. I mean, newspapers were covering it. And even to this day, I still don't think many fights have been as hyped up as that one. I know. And I, I almost put on Probert versus Crowder, but I, I, I wanted to put the McSorley and Domi fights in and I, I couldn't have Probert on here three times. Um, excuse me, excuse me. Cause I had to, I had to show some minor league love in here. So, um, you know, I know the Probert versus Crowder round two was also a pretty big one because, of course, the infamous uh, round one where Crowder kind of got Probert and Probert had stepped on a stick and really kind of messed up his balance. But he definitely, uh, you know, came back against Crowder and did great in round two. But, um, you know, when you have Steve Eisenman on the bench after the Domi versus uh, Probert fight doing the belt celebration to Domi because, of course, that's what he did to Bob in the first fight. I mean, you know, you know, it meant something to the players. I mean, everybody was just watching that like a pay-per-view main event. And there's actually a really good video on YouTube that covers, uh, it's like an interview with Domi. I think it was it whatever it takes pro versus Domi, something like that. And it's like a 10 minute video and it goes kind of in depth and you get to see like what, um, what like kind of Domi's thought process was for it and everything leading up to that fight. So it's actually a really cool video. I encourage you to go check that out if you haven't seen it already. But yeah, it had to be Pro versus Domi round two. That's still talked about to this day. It's one of the most legendary fights of all time. And I every year the when the anniversary happens for that fight, people post it all over. So um, it still makes its rounds on rounds on social media today. So I think that fight will always hold up as one of the greatest of all time for sure. So there you have it, folks, the top 10 hockey fights of all time. And again, this is just a list going off of what other folks have kind of inputted me to when I ask the question. This isn't I'm not saying this is the end all be all. I really don't think you could actually make one because there's so many different factors as to what what people consider a good hockey fight and what other folks look for 
in a hockey fight. So it's going to vary with whoever you you go around to. But to me, I think this is a pretty solid top 10 list, you know, including, like I said, there's other minor league fights I didn't include. There's other NHL fights I didn't include. I'm sure there's plenty you could throw in there. But for overall, I guess, longevity and nostalgia maybe for how people still talk about these, aside from the Gates and Kote, because I don't think many folks talk about that, um, which they should. Again, I encourage you to go check those out. But a lot of these fights, I mean, are still talked about, and that's the whole reason that I put it on there. So that's why I think we have a good gauge on this as to why these are the top 10 hockey fights of all time. But again, that's just my opinion with a little input from other folks from around social media. But um, thank you, folks. I encourage, or excuse me, I thank you for uh, sticking with it. And I encourage you to go back and check out last week's episode and the Kerry Toporowski special before that, which had a great reception. But, you know, I apologize. I got held up at work a little bit yesterday. And then when I decided to change it to 10, I was like, well, let me gotta, I got to add more to the list now. So um, here we go. I, I'm a day late, but I'm actually posting two episodes in a row. Uh, well, excuse me, for two weeks in a row, I'm posting an episode. So at least there's that. We're already better than last year. I think this is the first time I've posted um, on time-ish. You know, I'll say on time-ish. I think I'm going to end up start posting on Thursdays when I think I'm going to change. I'm going to change the episode dates to Thursday instead of Tuesday. That way it gives me you know, kind of time to talk about stuff throughout the week or whatever, whatever happenings are going on around whatever league with tough guys and what have you. You know, I know it's sparse now, but um, I do think I'm going to end up switching the dates to Thursday. So starting next week, we'll do every Thursday instead of Tuesday. Um, that way there's some spacing too between episodes. Because um, I know Darren does Sunday, Wednesday. I think Joe, I can't remember what Joe does, but either way, yeah, we'll all be fine. It's, it'll, you'll end up listening to it. I'm sure all fucking 12 of you, but Thank you guys for sticking it out with me uh, and being patient on this next episode. Um, I'm going to try to get some guests lined up. I just haven't been able to really nail any times down for me personally. So I haven't really tried to reach out to anybody, un- unfortunately, because I've just been all over the place. We're finally done with one of the jobs out in Winston-Salem. Well, we have like one last little thing to do, but the job's pretty much wrapped up. Um, and we have one more out in Greensboro, but my two-hour drive shouldn't have to happen anymore. Now we're down to about an hour and a half drive. So that's nice, I guess. But um, once I get a better like kind of understanding of my schedule for this, um, I'll be able to line up guests because I don't want to tell them a time that end up working late and then driving home and I don't get home till eight o'clock. Um, and I told them the interview was at seven or something like that. So that's why I've been very lackluster on getting guests. So I do apologize, but I'm going to work on that for y'all. So I encourage you to give the podcast a rate and review, whether you're on Spotify or Apple, five stars, one stars, leave a review, leave a comment. Um, anything helps uh i encourage you to follow the podcast on social media twitter facebook instagram just search five for fighting podcast it'll pull right up and you will be able to check it out so um anyways guys thank you very much for tuning in i hope you enjoyed and um you know i'm curious send me your list or you know if i might have missed a fight or if you have a fight that maybe is like it should be a cult classic that nobody knows about send it my way uh you got fucking five for fighting pod at gmail.com if you're not on social media or just shoot it to me on social media so um i appreciate it folks hope you enjoyed the list and i will see you all next week you gotta